Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Curtis. Today we talk about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, what we like from it, where we'd like to see the series go. We take a moment to discuss our thoughts on the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. We get into what's hot, what's not, and something in between. And we'll finish it off with some top five classic Disney goodness. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Infinity Bros Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody. Um, As you can probably tell, I am not Max Mosher. Uh, This is Jared. I'm filling in for Max. He's got a very busy schedule ahead of him, so uh, we're kind of mixing things up Um, here in the studio today. We have my good friend, uh, Zane, Blue Eyes, White Dragon, Ellis. Zane, how are you today? I am doing wonderful, Jarrett. How are you? Good to hear your uh, sweet voice. Oh, I'm doing great. I got you guys. I got uh, a couple wins under my belt in MTG Arena. I have my fair share of losses to keep me humble. So, yeah, we're <laughs> we're doing all right. Um, that's that's good to hear. That's good to hear. You know, it's always a it's a good evening when you can piece to, piece together a couple of wins in a MTG. So I'm proud of you. Um, I do it all for you, Zane. Everything I do is for you. Um, that's that's understandable. So we have a very special episode. It probably won't be a long one. Um, I'm hoping not, at least, because we want to keep it short and sweet. But uh, we had a Discord uh, giveaway where we gave away one of our Funko Pops to people who listen and like the show. Um, and this uh, this giveaway also... I mean, not really officially, but kind of came with a weird side effect where um, the person who won the Funko Pop also is on the show tonight. So uh, that's a cool little Easter egg. So without further ado, um, somebody who I've known for, I don't know, a little bit of time, uh, Callie, uh, (laughs) Mr. Midoriya fan, Curtis, please introduce yourself. Uh, Who are you? What do you do? How did you hear about the Infinity Bros? Well, hello, everyone. Um, I heard about the Infinity Bros because I just so happen to be the sis of a bro, uh, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, honorary bro. I've been a part of uh, all these guys' lives for a few years now. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to finally be on the podcast. I've been listening for a while and yeah, I'm excited to talk about all things nerdy. So I've heard a vicious rumor um, from, I'm not going to say who, but it is Zane, that <laughs> you are probably the biggest fan of D&D, Magic the Gathering, anime. <laughs> um, would you like to speak on that at all? Um, I, I just have to say uh, no comment, and Zane is always wrong. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Coming after your boy just like that. Just shots fired immediately. In, in case you guys were wondering, I am doing a campaign to uh, turn Twitterless Zane into Twitter Zane, so... <laughs> uh, anything he says, we just want to use hashtag Twitterless Zane until he finally decides to yeah, get one. Yeah, feel free to add us. Um, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into our show for today. Um, if you haven't listened to us before, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and give a spoiler warning right here so that you aren't caught off guard by anything we're about to say. This is prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. All right, we're going to get into um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Now, only one of us out of the three here today has actually played this, which would be Zane. So, Zane, I'm just curious. What are your preliminary thoughts? How far are you into the game? Uh, What do you like? What do you not like? 
Take it from here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm, I'd probably guess maybe 20 hours into the game so far. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, this is a Star Wars game that you'd want from a Star Wars game. Um, definitely something that I've been wanting for a while. Like, it very, it just, it feels right when you're playing it from, um, lightsaber combat. I mean, the story's been pretty good so far. I mean, especially for, like, a single-player game that you're jumping into. Um, it's challenging enough to keep you engaged, but it's not overly easy where you're just overpowering through people. Um, you're having to think through some of your battles a little bit. Um, really the only, I don't even know if it's necessarily a knock, but, um, just, you don't have a ton of force powers, which I kind of like. I'd rather focus on lightsabers anyways, because let's be honest, that's what everyone loves about a Star Wars game, just getting to swing a lightsaber and hack stuff, um, but it's it's a lot of fun so far. I'll probably finish beating it tonight. Um, like I told, uh, I was talking to Jared earlier. Um, I'm working on trying to platinum this game, so I've been going slower. Um, I've heard some people say that the 15, 20 hour mark, if you're just focusing on the campaign, you can beat the campaign in that time frame. So that's why I'm I know I'm getting near the end, but. I'm just taking my time and really enjoying it. So obviously I haven't played the game yet. And I'm wondering, is there, does choice matter in this? Is there any sense of choice? I know it's kind of open world or open world like, um, but is there dialogue options, anything like that in this? Uh, nope. So it's pretty, pretty standard that the, the story that's been established and set, you're just um, kind of riding along. Um, with the the cutscenes and everything, it's combat's all up to you, but you don't really have much in the ter uh, terms of choice. So it's not as much RPG element in that aspect. Like it's not Knights of the Old Republic or really even a Far Cry from it. But um, it, it's more focused on the combat, and then the story is just you're you're watching. Sure. So I I've seen this compared to several things. Um, I've seen a spiritual successor to Force Unleashed, which I know you've had some pushback towards that. I've seen uh, Uncharted compared to this. I've seen a little bit of like the Spider-Man games and the way the combat flows there. Uh, what would you say that this game would be like if somebody were to compare it to something and say, well, I really like this game. Um, what would that game be that you think it's most like? Yeah, that's a good question on that. Like, I suppose the Force Unleashed would be... Um, it, the, the closest comparison, I mean, just from the aspect that you're going Star Wars, but, um, the, a big difference on that is whereas Force Unleashed is far more, like, button mashing, I feel like, and you're just, you get very, very strong, and you're very overpowered. You never get the feeling of Cal, your main character in this game, of him being super overpowered, um, especially when you come against some of, like, the boss fights or some of the tougher enemies, and, um, I mean, you can very much button mash in this game if that's how you want to go, but you will have far more success if, um, you actually kind of plot out your battles a little bit more and make full use of blocking and the parry system and, um, your evasion. So uh, it's not as much, you're just running in and trying to 
button mash. You can kind of pick and choose, pick and choose who you want to try to use your force power on. And then as that recharges, then go in with your lightsaber and then kind of work through the flow of battle. Because as you generate your lightsaber strikes, that's kind of how you generate your force. So you can't just spam your force powers. Towards the end, so I'm wondering, obviously I've seen you and Isaac play a little bit. Towards the end, do you feel like there's a significant power creep? Do you feel like by the end you are that ultimate Jedi who can do all these things that you see in the movies? Or do you still feel like Cal from the beginning where you're a little more fragile, you have to have excellent timing? Um, how does that feel to you as a player? Um, well, I, it, I've definitely gotten stronger. You can tell the character has had some growth from that aspect. And I mean, a lot of that is just in your like skill tree and as you're leveling up. Um, but I haven't felt like it's been like a huge jump, even though where I'm at in the game now, I feel like I might be getting there story-wise. Like I said, I'm not completely through the game yet, so it, it might get there, but um, if I'm just looking at how the rest of the game has gone, I feel like it's going to be just more of a gradual, gradual climb yet. I, I've been very interested in the name Star Wars Jedi, and then it's got the, the Fallen Order as the subtitle. So it makes me wonder, is there going to be something in the future? And if so, what would that look like? And I'm going to actually pitch this one to Callie. Callie, if you were to look at a game like this, obviously, I, I know you've watched it, played a little bit. What would you want to see from a sequel to something like this? Where would you, as somebody who doesn't own uh, Fallen Order, what would you like to see that would get you into the franchise? What would be something for maybe the sequel, Star Wars Jedi, whatever the subtitle is? Oh, um, so when I was watching this, really my thoughts went not to like Uncharted, although the gameplay kind of feels like that, but I felt more like a infamous or infamous second son sort of thing. And I would really love it if they did something more like the older Star Wars games where you can kind of pick your path. Um, it's awesome to be a Jedi, super cool, but it would also be super cool to be a Sith Lord, in my opinion. Um, so it'd be really sweet if they did something like to play on that, where you you can do this Fallen Order, or you can choose to do something else entirely and kind of do a spinoff that way, um, where the choices have more of an impact on the actual storyline. Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent point. Like, that'd be a very cool um, thing to see. And even, um, like, I don't feel that that's how this game's going to go, but even if you had that option of shifting like hey do i want to kind of follow the jedi path do i want to go down the sith path like having that option and i could definitely see them opening that up for future games and i think that would actually um, open a lot up um in terms of not necessarily playability but it would make things more intriguing and just you know you have that option do you want to be a sith do you want to be a jedi like there's so much more you can work with there yeah, that makes sense. I think um, I have yet to see a game do morality in a way that I'd like to that that feels really good. Um, I think a lot of games, like Callie mentioned, uh, um, the uh, uh, Second Son. What was the name of that series? Infamous. Infamous. Thank you. They mm -hmm. they did a pretty decent job, but I feel like nobody has yet to fully accomplish that. So that'd be something cool to see down the line. One of the things, like with Infamous, it was like you had to go all dark or you had to go all light and the powers were kind of structured 
in a tier sort of way with each of those. And it'd be really cool if they could do something where, like, you know, like we're seeing in the new Star Wars movies even, where there's this constant struggle, but you're still gaining power, and it's not dependent on strictly light-sided or strictly dark-side. Right. You would see, like, an Ahsoka Tano who kind of plays the middle of the road and she's like i'm not a jedi but i'm definitely not a sith that would be something cool to play with in the future all right let's uh let's move on to our thoughts about um if you haven't been i guess on social media or on the internet at all um then you probably are the only person who's managed to avoid spoilers for this but we're going to talk about uh the mandalorian which is a disney plus series we're now two episodes in uh, I don't think there's a single person watching who isn't anxiously awaiting the third episode. But um, let's go ahead and start with our guest here. Kelly, what were your thoughts on the first two episodes? Tell us how you feel. Uh, I am absolutely obsessed with the series so far. Um, I like the classic Star Wars. I love the classic, you know, the new ones I had a real problem with because I just didn't feel like Star Wars movies to me. They were good movies, but I didn't feel like they were good Star Wars movies. And I feel like this series really captured all of the elements of the classic Star Wars that I love. Like down to, Zane and I were kind of talking about this the other day, down to the music even. Like it is just so beautifully put together that it feels like a Star Wars movie. It feels like something you can really get into, even if you don't know anything about Star Wars. And of course, Baby Yoda, you can't get away from that. He (laughs) is the cutest thing that I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, And I just like the, uh, just the, the balance between those two. Like, you have this bounty hunter that's just literally, it seems to be in it for the money, and then all of a sudden there's this baby yoda that kind of tugs at his heartstring and i think it'll be really cool to see how those two kind of balance each other in the future yeah i i definitely think that the dichotomy there is really nice um so it's interesting that you met mentioned the music and how cinematic it is and I, I would definitely agree with this it's it's funny that they spent i think the it was somewhere around 100 million dollars to make this for such short episodes but when you look at the set pieces it really does feel like these really grandiose set pieces and they really feel, I, I mean, just incredibly well done. It's very cinematic. Um, so yeah, I would agree. This feels very, very Star Wars, even more so than uh, the sequel trilogy that we've been working through. Zane, your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly on it. Like um, you watch it and it, it does give that feeling of what you'd expect your Star Wars to look like. And um, I like that it's approaching this Star Wars universe, um, not necessarily from the focal point of, you know, Jedi and Sith. And I mean, obviously the force and with baby Yoda and everything, and that'll be explored, but it's interesting to get a perspective of, you know, the Mandalorian and like, that's never, like, it's never been, uh, much for force users on Mandalore and like they're, they're bounty hunters. They're much more of a, I don't know if, if you'd say they're more like the Spartans kind of the society of, you know, of star Wars. And so just um, looking at the whole universe of star Wars through, you know, the Mandalore's eye Mandalorian's eyes, I think is a cool take. And yeah, it, it, it just, how it's shot. Like I know a lot of people have said it, it very much has a spaghetti Western feel, yeah. And, oh yeah. Like it, it. It's it's such a cool feeling, and I know some people are like, "Oh yeah, that's such an overplayed thing." But I feel like that's what makes this work so well. 
because that's what we wanted <laughs> well exactly it's like it's it's the mandalorian it's like you know who he is he's immediately recognized he's that guy that you know walks down main street and you got that tumbleweed blowing across and he's got his hand on his blaster as you're just you just look at that and you're just like like this guy you don't mess with this guy like and that is that's just that feeling and um yeah it, it just kind of wraps it all together and so i'm excited to see where this series is going to go i think there's so much to unpack here but i think just to take a few things john favreau favreau however you pronounce it like oh my goodness he's just he the guy cannot be stopped his he's really showing his chops as not only obviously we've seen him as an actor for quite some time but recently disney's been you know really letting him do his thing as a director and he is just on top of his game right now. Um, and not only that, but like the amount of lore that's been poured into this and, and just the fan service, you know, people have been just pouring over every single frame by frame, trying to find any small hint of what could come in the future, any sort of Easter egg. And it's, there's so much to unpack here that like, it's going to keep us star Wars fans coming back for a long time, even with such short episodes. I think my only complaint is how short these episodes are, but there's so much in them. Um, people have been talking about how nice it's it, it is to see the Beskar finally be important in the Star Wars lore, to see them really unpack the warrior poet nature of Mandalore um, and what that looks like, you know, after the Great Purge and after all this stuff. And I mean, they're really paying a great fan service here to all the Star Wars fans. And so, yeah, honestly, props to Disney for this one. I think it's a they're knocking it out of the park so far. Uh, any more thoughts on that? Callie, we'll go to you real quick. No, I just am really excited to see where they have next. And I'm going to keep obsessing over Baby Yoda until we get an official, what his actual name is going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super interesting because that has been one of the best kept secrets in Star Wars. I mean, you, you ask any Star Wars fan from uh, the old days of Legends to even the modern canon, um, nobody really knew a name for Yoda species. In fact, we only really know of two of them in the current canon to be Yaddle and Yoda. Yep. And and now obviously baby, whatever Yoda is. <laughs> so like to unpack this whole idea of what, what is this species? What do they look like? I mean, like there's so from? much. At, yeah. And um, I don't know if you guys caught on to this, the internet's been a flurry, but um, the scientist who gives him the order to go find this baby Yoda alive is actually wearing a patch from Camino. Yeah, so yeah, the speculation that. out there is, is this a clone of Yoda um, the timing would be such that, I mean, 50 years before this would have been during the, the Clone Wars. So we're, I mean, there's so much, so much lore here and so much to deep dive. Uh, Zane, any last thoughts on this? Um, I would snap every single Infinity Bro out of existence for Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. I would die for Baby Yoda. <laughs> Speaking of snaps, uh, let's go ahead. If you haven't heard our ranking system before, um, we're going to go ahead and plug that here right now. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity snap. All right. um, Based off of the first two episodes, what you've seen so far, uh, Callie, out of six Infinity Stones, what would you give the Mandalorian? Oh, I would give it a six, easily. 
It's by far one of the one of the best new shows that I've seen in a long time, and it's Star Wars, so you can't go wrong. Wow, Zane hit me with it. Um, I'm gonna give it a six, but the Jawas just showed up and stolen Infinity Stone, so it's a five. Wow. Okay, <laughs> sure. Fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think I'm gonna give it. So this might be controversial. I'm gonna give it like a five point eight. Um, and the reason I'm setting it at that point right now is because these episodes are way too short. I feel like there needs to be so much more to these. And, and we know that uh, this is kind of a limited run series where we haven't gotten official confirmation of season two, as far as I know. Um, so I, I guess the, the, the point two that it's taking off is just that I really want and need more and they're not really giving it to me yet. So um yeah, just amazing. This is this is a great series. If you haven't checked it out, um, I hope we didn't spoil too much for you, but right, I think right. we did. Uh, but yeah, great series, and we're excited to see what it has here in the future. All right, now is the time where we would normally do our hot and snot. We're going to do the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, just because this is a mini episode. So let's go in a different order this time. Zane, I would love to hear your good, bad, and your ugly for this week. All right, so... I'm just going to keep things pretty simple here and keep it quick to the point. Um, my good is that it was confirmed that the Joker is getting a sequel. That's right. I think that's good for everyone. That movie just smashed records way better than what anyone thought it was going to be. So I'm going to give that very much a good. The fact that we're getting a sequel for that. I'm already excited for that. Can I can I interrupt you here for a second? So Absolutely. I talked about this in the Infinity Bros chat. If you guys remember, I want to say it was four or five episodes back now. We'll have to look back in the show notes. But we talked about that last trailer before the Joker dropped. And I trashed the heck out of this movie. <laughs> I think I gave it like a a single infinite. I think I gave it a fan fantastic. I don't remember my exact Yikes. rankings. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, shame on me for judging this movie before I got to see it. Like, I still haven't seen it, just for the record. <laughs> it's on my to-do list. I'm a very busy man. But just from what I've been hearing, I think I was way out of the park. I mean, I, I was way off the map here. I, I didn't understand what I was talking about. So this is my official Infinity Bros apology. Uh, I hope you guys forgive <laughs> me for this. Um, Zane, please continue with your, uh, I guess this would be the bad now. Yep. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, maybe ask James for a day off and you can sneak and go see the Joker. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> all right. My bad is, um, I, I I don't know, probably a lot of people have been seeing, um, um, people have been getting the hashtag of release the Snyder Cut. Um, I know oh a lot gosh, of like, yes. Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, like a lot of people are getting on that. My bad is the fact that WD, WB came out and said, yeah, we're not doing that. And I think that's like, why not? What do you have to lose? Like, exactly. See it. Nobody's. Yeah. Nobody's going to. This isn't going to hurt anybody. WB has no redeeming value in in this series. I mean, DC, with the exception of Joker, is just kind of a really bad intellectual property for them because they're not doing anything with it, really. So why not get the hype up a little bit? I mean. This could resurge for when Wonder Woman 2 drops. Right. Why not? Right, yeah. Build up some of that momentum. Get people excited again. Like, I know if it was the Snyder Cut, like, I'd definitely go dive back into that movie again. But, like, right now, like, I just I just don't care about it. Like, I saw it once and 
it didn't really have much of an effect on me but if that Snyder Cut came out I'd definitely watch Justice League again and actually see you know and from what I hear it's a way more comprehensive telling of the story that would probably be way more sensical so yeah WB like just just release that Snyder Cut you got nothing to lose you know but yeah I agree do you have an ugly for this week I do have an ugly and uh you know I, I don't think this necessarily can be disagreed with. My ugly is the Charlie's Angels reboot. <laughs> yes. My <laughs> goodness, what a crap show that has been. Um, like, it's an absolute tank at the box office. And then you got Elizabeth Banks coming out and saying that it's doing bad because of men. And it, it, like it's just... Came after Wonder Woman, even, which right, is very interesting. Right, And it's just like, um, I mean, last I checked, Wonder Woman made a lot of money and it was a, a good movie. It's I think maybe you need to look at other things instead of just saying, oh, god darn men. Ah. Like, I, 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 I've, I, I know I'm coming to this movie and... You know, we always say, "Hey, don't judge a movie before you see it." But I, I have absolutely zero desire to see this movie. And just looking at box office, I, I don't see any reason why anyone would want to see this movie. And just yeah, that's my ugly. That. So this will. I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. But um, we we have talked about on the show before. Uh, I believe it was in reference to Ghostbusters, the the female reboot yep. of Ghostbusters. So so there's a way to do good female-led movies. Obviously, we've seen it done in the past. The old Charlie's Angels are fantastic. Um, oh, right. So, so with something like this, I feel like it's really interesting to, to come after and say this is an issue with men. It's a male-dominated thing. And from what I'm understanding, women aren't going to watch this either. Um, and, no. <laughs> and I think, I think it's a discredit to women in the industry who have made fantastic movies. Um, somebody like Gal Gadot, who did great, amazing acting in spite of, um, all the craziness that's going on. I'm not bashing on Wonder Woman. That was a great movie, but even in Justice League, she did fantastic. Um, so I'm interested to hear your perspective. Cal, you are actually the first female we've had on this show. How do you feel about all this? How do you feel about, um elizabeth banks charge that this is an issue to do with men that this is a male-dominated culture uh any feedback you have there yeah so my my biggest pet peeve with this is like you said before the classic charlie's angels are phenomenal that series has been popular for generations and they just missed it on this one and you referenced the ghostbusters that they did the female remake even that the original movie some of the humor in that was guy humor i mean bottom line some of it is not going to translate well to a female we just we don't have the same humor and i think that bashing men because your box office movie did poorly is just it's crap honestly i don't i don't know why you would attack the men because your movie did poorly it makes zero sense because we can we've seen in the past that this mo- these movies have been successful and people love great female leads like Gal Gadot or um, Brie Larson is Captain Marvel so it's not the men versus women thing and it has no place I think in this argument at all and like shame on her for coming after Patty Jenkins 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like she did such a great job. That's a very like she was so respectful in the way that she handled the female superhero. Uh, the way that she did the Amazonians was amazing. And so coming after her even was just so shocking to me. Yeah. All yeah, right. and in a world oh, too where it's like women are supposed to be building up other women, and then you have an event like this, and you immediately go to attacking women. Like, yeah. it makes zero sense. Yeah, very rough to hear. Um, Callie, I would love to hear your uh, good, your bad, and your ugly for this week. Alrighty, so um, my good, uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, Entertainment Weekly Star Wars pictures that were just released um those were so cool uh not only the character images but also the throwbacks that we saw of the other trilogies like i am i i did not even like these new movies but i'm excited for this new one simply because of these images that came out like they were beautifully done and i cannot wait to see what they do and i have loved the character developments that you see even in just the pictures it's it's interesting that you bring that up so Christian and I have been recently rewatching all the trilogies and uh, I think we're also jaded at like, I don't think, I don't think a lot of us like the sequel series. Um, a lot of us still trash on the prequel series, but I don't think they're as bad as we necessarily have come after them for. And I think seeing it all laid out like this and seeing the whole of what Star Wars represents as a culture, especially through these images and all of us getting hyped for Mandalorian, Fallen Order, and then the new um, Rise of Skywalker that's coming out. It's cool to see where we've come and where we're going. So, sorry, I think I cut you off. Please continue. No, that's fine. I just was going to say it's a similar thing. Like, I I just rewatched all of them that are on Disney Plus right now, and I hated 1, 2, and 3 um, when they came out. I thought that they, they were dumb. I was like, these aren't really good Star Wars movies. But now looking back, they almost feel like the classic trilogy to me because I'm older and now I'm looking back on it and it's sort of a nostalgia thing. So I'm sure in 10 years from now, I'm going to rewatch these ones and feel the same way, you know? (laughs) Max has brought it up before. I think our our issue with the sequel trilogy is that there was a very different vision from Rain Johnson and JJ Abrams um, that like, it, it feels very discontinuous. It feels like they're trying to give us different messages. Um, and I think Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker will resolve a lot of that tension. Um, Callie, please give us your bad for this week. Okay, so my bad. I alluded to this in the Discord chats. Uh, is the Harley Quinn animated series? <laughs> I am so like this is the box that I, the hill that I will die on, if you will. It's just, and I get that we're in a world now where you know movies like The Joker, where you have the rated R comics, or even Deadpool, those were successful. But I hated seeing these previews. I think that this is a dumb idea. I get it that like we we love like little sidekick stories. That's fine, whatever. But to take the worst of the worst villains and make it rated R, I think is just stupid. It's, like it's... I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand it at all. It's like the weird, I don't know who their audience is, but it's like the weirdest version of this character. It's like the most trashy, nasty. Um, I recently reread reread uh, White Knight. I don't know if you've ever read that, Zane or Callie. I have not. Um, Batman White Knight. It's fantastic. But in that, uh, a little bit of a spoiler here, if you don't want to, please skip forward uh, two minutes or whatever. <laughs> but you find out that Joker is so wrapped up in his fight with Batman and so wrapped up in who he is that... He doesn't realize that the original Harley Quinzel uh, leaves him and she's replaced by this 
basically in the comic book it's the it's the suicide squad version Um, and it's like this really trashy like she doesn't whereas harley quinn the original harley quinn is in love with who joker is underneath all the craziness this other one is just this like irreverent trashy just nasty person it's being insane for the yeah being insane exactly (laughs) and it's like this such like it it reminds me of everybody who dresses up as like suicide squad uh you know what i mean harley quinn for halloween it's like oh my gosh i'm so edgy um i have not been quiet about my dislike for the constant rebranding of harley quinn and joker over and over again so it's so much yeah, I'm just, I am over it, and I think that this this series to me kind of feels like if we decided we suddenly wanted a rated R Teen Titans. And it's so like, bad, too. Like, the, the dialogue, dumb. and there's yeah. a line in there, and just in the previews, he's, Joker's, like, I don't know, mad that Harley left him or whatever, and he says, like, oh, yeah, be careful, she has HPV. And I'm like, why is that necessary? Why is oh, right. this, right? right? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean again, I obviously haven't seen it cuz it's not out yet, but I I this is definitely bad to me. I just don't see this going anywhere for anyone. <laughs> WB, please don't. All right, Callie. Yeah, just stop. <laughs> if you have it, please give us your ugly. Okay, so my ugly, it's kind of I don't know if it's per se ugly, but there has been a lot of debate um about Disney Plus putting out this outdated depictions uh thing before some of the older movies and shows that are on disney plus oh yeah and honestly i don't understand where the trash talk is coming in because i think disney plus is really smart for doing this because in a world where people are overly sensitive sometimes i think that if they hadn't done it this way we would have been hearing a whole different story um disney plus would have been attacked openly and now they're being attacked because they have it um and i guess where i stand is it on movies we constantly have things like this movie depicts violence which is why it's rated this way or there's references to adult language or whatever tobacco and alcohol use so i don't think it's any different than that they're just saying these are a product of their time take it as you will you know but people are just like going nuts about it and like i i don't know i don't understand why they're they're going to be upset if they don't have it but now they're upset that they do have it right i think part of that is just everyone's looking for something to be mad about and like i don't get that it's just this you know pitchfork and uh you know get your torch just be mad about something but on the counter argument on that um that i've heard a lot of people say too is just like would you rather them just not have that up there then? I'm like, I would much rather just have that warning and still say, hey, we recognize that this is from, you know, a product piece that was from a time where, like, things were done differently and th- um, things were thought about differently. We're going to put up this warning, but we aren't going to take this down and shield this from you. We aren't going to pretend like this didn't happen. You have classic movies like Dumbo. Well, yeah, they're going to have that in there because of the crows and some of the products right. of that time. And honestly, I don't read them. The only reason I did is because my dad mentioned it. And I was like, oh, I got to <laughs> right. see this now. You know, right. <laughs> like, I don't care what it says. If I'm picking a movie, I probably know what it's rated. And I probably am going to figure out pretty quick- quickly why it's rated that way. Like, I don't think that this is any different. Right, exactly. And yeah, that's actually a very good point you make on that. Yeah, we see it 
all the times before a preview or a trailer plays on a movie, you know, you get your, the MPAA warning of, okay, it's just rated R and this is what it's rated R for. It's rated PG-13. This is what it's PG-13. Like, this is just another version of that saying, hey, this is what's in this. This is your warning, but we aren't going to shield you from it. Right, you can choose to watch it or not. Exactly, and that's, I think that's the smart way of doing it. I I don't know how much I've talked about it on the podcast or if people know this or not, but like, you know, my sons are native. Uh, They're not full native, obviously, but they have native blood and native culture in them. And I think, you know, looking at something like how Peter Pan uh, is very irreverent towards the Native Americans in that, like, my sons are not going to be you know, they're not going to grow up in a world without racism. They'll be able to see how their culture is viewed by other. And it's, it's part of the history, how they have been mistreated. Um, and so to ignore that aspect is to ignore some of the things that makes this such a resilient and amazing community. So I'm glad that they kept it in, but I also like that they put in the disclaimer so that they know like, Hey, this is not reflective of our values in modern day society or even us at Disney. I think it was a great move. I don't see what all the fuss is. Okay, I will go into my my good, my bad, and my ugly. Um, let's go with the good first. So I don't know why this took me as long as it did, but I recently got into Rocket League, um, <laughs> which I know I know the bros have been into for a while. But my man. I will say right off the get-go, if you guys watched our stream, I am hot garbage at this game. Um, I, I kind of pride myself at being like a semi-decent gamer. You know, I do all right in apex. I, I'm pretty good at battlefront. Um, but for some reason I cannot wrap my head around, uh, you know, car soccer. (laughs) Like it just doesn't work for me. So even though I'm hot garbage at this game, it is a blast. I have never had so much fun. I didn't see what the draw was when you guys were all like, yeah, we're, we're playing rocket league tonight. I was like, you guys are dumb. Like, you're hitting a ball around <laughs> with cars. This game is a blast. If you haven't checked it out, um, it's it's been up and down in sales. I know, like, uh, at one point it was, like, 5 bucks or whatever. I think it was $3 back last uh, PlayStation sale, whatever that was last summer, I think April. Um, so maybe wait for it to go on sale if you're not super interested in. But I would definitely check it out. It's, it's a blast. Um, anything on that? Yeah, no, like, I... I totally agree and i think that's what makes games like that so special is it's a very simple concept and you look at it from the outside and you're like how can this be fun this is super simple but then when you start playing and you're you're like okay this is actually There's so much skill to that requires yeah. a higher degree of skill on such a simple concept and i have that's such a one-track so mind fun. playing that game where it's like and, oh ball and i just chase it down <laughs> and it's so bad yeah it's so bad and whiff yeah. i tried to play this game like years ago when it first came out and i had watched a couple like when i first came and i was like oh yeah this is totally something that i could do but like jared said it's way harder than you think when you like actually get into it like i'm terrible at car games and i'm terrible at like first person shooter games and this kind of combines the two of them yeah, in a way a, like a you have to thing. be able to focus on one thing and drive at the same time and yeah i'm garbage at it but it's fun to watch <laughs> so my my bad for this week is actually one that kind of caught me off guard um if you have listened to i don't know if i've talked about it on the podcast but i've definitely talked about it on our twitch stream several times i really like marvel star wars comics um i think some of them are pretty hit or miss dr afra is great uh, some of the like 
offshoot series. I know um, Darth Vader has been fantastic, have been really good. The main run, the main Star Wars brand run, is pretty hit or miss for me. For me, they did this photorealism thing that was just not my cup of tea. Um, but the the reason this is on my bad this week is because uh, Marvel Comics has been ripping off uh, fan artists who have designed ships for them, or maybe not for them per se. But so so there's a whole community of people on Reddit on all these different forums who have these what ifs. They read about these these uh, ships that they've seen in their novels and they they draw them basically or in some cases 3d model them and they're beautiful renders they look great and they're they're pretty lore friendly well i don't know who's doing this over it's it's been in a couple couple different series so they're not able to specifically point at one person is stealing all these assets but they've been borrowing them left and right without getting permission from the artist without giving any credit to them um, and it's become a whole thing where now I know lawyers are getting involved and there, there's been a lot of boycotts towards uh, Marvel because of this. And it's really frustrating for me as a fan of the series because in the past, Marvel has been so responsible with how they treat their fans that something like this just frustrates me to no end. Um, obviously, the whole backbone of your community and the reason your pro- product sells is because there's this whole culture around it. Um, any thoughts on this, guys? No, I, I think this is the first I heard of it, and it's very shocking to me that they would do something like this. Like, yeah, like you said, like, you, these artists put a ton of work into these things, and just to, like, have it, I mean, that's their passion, and you're basically crushing it, you know? They dig through, like, every description that they can find of a certain ship. In a lot of cases, they actually go into their software and 3D model it, which I think is fantastic. And, and and if you listen and read through what the artists have to say, a lot of them aren't upset that they didn't get any sort of monetary compensation or anything like that. It's just a simple acknowledgement that, like, right. we love your work. Obviously, it's inspired something in us that we would like to put this in our comic. Can we use it? That's all they cared for. That's all they wanted from this. And so um, the fact that Marvel isn't even releasing a statement about this, they've been contacted multiple times, is pretty frustrating, kind of tone deaf from them. Uh, you're trying to build this fan base and you don't build it off of disrespect. Yeah, that's unfortunate because especially, yeah, you got people who work really hard on this and um, yeah, it really wouldn't be a, a big thing. Yeah, just give them that acknowledgement or even just open up like, hey, send us your submissions. And even if it's not a monetization thing of just knowing that you can send this submission in. And I think half the thing is being able to look in this comic and be like, hey, that's that's my design on this ship. That's really cool. And just being able to get that credit for it, like that's that's a huge boost. And for Marvel just to not even you know acknowledge that and just like just kind of sweep it under the rug, yeah, that's kind of a it's kind of a low blow. Low blow. So I, I was looking for the article today, um, obviously in preparation for the show, and I wasn't able to find it. But one of the main artists who is you know having an issue with Marvel actually was approached by um, one of the Halo graphic novels because he had done some you know some fan art for them. And they said, you know, hey, we love your stuff. We want to use this. So they put him in the credits for the graphic novel. Uh, They made him an NPC in the background of one of the scenes. I mean, like, they really went out of their way to make him feel appreciated. (laughs) And so, like, it's not unheard of for these guys to get credit. So I don't understand why this is such a big deal. Even to just, like, you know, put them in the background as a character somewhere. Like, that would be amazing to be in Star Wars canon. 
All right, moving on to my ugly. And I guess this is more of an ugly for me than it is like, this isn't necessarily good or bad. I understand this. So <laughs> Magic just released their uh, banned and restricted update for, for Standard, for Brawl, for Legacy, for all that. And um, I don't know if I, I talk about my love of Magic. I've played Paper Magic since like, oh my goodness, like 2003, 2004, I think, um, on the playground. And I remember my, my mom and dad were like, you got to be careful with those cards, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> I still play it to this day. Uh, I've been playing it on Arena quite a bit. And I had a pretty sweet deck that was mono green. Um, and it wasn't like overly competitive, but it was very good. And when I opened this banned and restricted announcement, uh, it's like almost all green. I mean, Oko is blue and green, but uh, I had these cards in my deck. So I understand why, if you haven't looked it up, uh, the cards that are banned for standard is Oko Thief, Thief of Crowns, Once Upon a Time, and Veil of Summer. Um, I had Once Upon a Time and Veil of Summer as four ofs, a full play set in my deck. And uh, so my, I was just t- talking to Zane about this, like, all I have left after that after that ban announcement is like really janky decks that I threw together myself. Uh, I have a life gain cat deck that is not very good. Um, so yeah, I, I guess this is more like shame on me for making a deck of just these like really overpowered broken cards. Uh, I should have seen this coming and I didn't. Uh, I, I had a feeling Elko was going to be banned. I had a feeling Once Upon a Time was going to be banned. I thought Nissa would have been banned. Uh, but instead they went with Veil of Summer. So yeah, this is pretty ugly for me. I'm going to have a rough time on MTG Arena here for the next uh, couple weeks while I try to figure out what the heck I'm doing. I just love that like me and Callie's ugly is something very broad, overarching, <laughs> affects like... a lot of people, <laughs> has a lot of clout on the internet, and, Jar- <laughs> and Jared's like, they banned Bam. my cards. <laughs> It's the end of the world. James will come after you. Let's let's transition from that really bad, good, bad, and ugly. The we're going at three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List starts now. We're gonna do top five this week, and in honor of Disney Plus, uh, we're gonna do our top five golden age Disney movies. So this is anything pre two thousands. Um, let's start with Zane. Okay. So I'm bending the rules a little bit because my top five has a couple things from Pixar, but no one said I couldn't do that. So whatever. I love it. Um, <laughs> okay. It's, it's Disney Pixar. Is it yeah, on Disney plus? Disney. So, okay. <laughs> Don't. Wow. Yeah. Get them. Oh, get them. Get them. <laughs> that wasn't what qualified, <laughs> but okay, Zane. <laughs> Is okay, this moving Mark on. And Max all over again. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, seriously. <laughs> Just... All right, please, Zane, go ahead. <laughs> all right, number five for me is A Bug's Life. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. So nostalgia factor. Uh, number four, I have Aladdin. Again, like how can you not like Aladdin? Uh, number three is Tarzan. Just just swinging around the jungles, the coolest thing sliding that one barely made the cut i think that was 2000 that phil collins soundtrack pretty close right fire that phil collins soundtrack and just that the shot of tarzan as he's like sliding through the like the trees and then he does like the cross where like the branches all intertwine like yeah that's so cool i wanted to be tarzan um (laughs) number two for me is the lion king i like i think that's got to be just about everyone's top five it's just it's uh iconic and star-studded 
Um, <laughs> and then number one for me is... I don't remember Keanu Reeves in that one, but please continue. <laughs> oh, he's there. He's in the background. <laughs> and then number one for me is Toy Story. My man. It, straight out of the childhood nostalgia. Like, that's that's the baby Yoda of Disney movies for me. If anyone goes after Toy Story, I'm coming for you. It's golden and it's precious and it must be protected. Exactly. That is a fantastic list. Listen, Zane, you don't... Hey, listen, don't tell anybody else this. You're probably one of my favorite Infinity Bros. Definitely top six. Thanks, Jared. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. That means a lot to me. That was a fantastic list. Cal, just, I would just, love to... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, just as long as I come in front of Callie, we're good. Oh, rude. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, shoot. <laughs> put me on the spot here, Zane. All right, Callie, let's, uh, let's hear your top five. All right. So... Uh... I know I said that I was not going to do an honorable mention, but I had to for Jared's sake. Um, so my honorable mention is actually Babes in Toyland, which I think my mom forced us to watch like 50 million times. And I recently watched it again, and it's actually terrible. It's, but not good. it's really not good. It was so good when I was younger so that it's an honorable mention. It's I had to throw it out there. Um, so my list actually does not include The Lion King. So Oh, sorry, my so. goodness. <laughs> I know. My number five is Rescuers Down Under. Yes! yes. Oh my goodness. I love that movie. Like I just uh, blew all our listeners' eardrums. My number four is The Little Mermaid. Not only is it a great princess movie, but just like the... the for its time, it was phenomenal. Um, number three for me is Hercules. Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah. Number two is Fox and the Hound. I still cry watching it to this day. And no shock to anyone, my number one is Aladdin. No way. <laughs> yeah, I <know>. No way. <laughs> I mean, my kid literally takes a picture with Raja and the magic carpet every month, so it has to be my number one. <laughs> I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Callie on blast here for a second. Maybe I'm not on blast, <laughs> but on the spot for sure. When uh, when we were growing up, Callie had like a rotating cast of tree frogs, and every time we would or fire belly toads, I guess. Every time we would move, obviously, like, that's really traumatic on frogs to move. So we would, like, find somebody to take care of our frogs. We would go to the pet store and find new ones in whatever the new place was that we lived. And they all had the exact same name. It was always... Was it either Aladdin, Jasmine, or Abu Raja? But, like, it was always (laughs) Aladdin, Aladdin Abu Raja. Yeah. (laughs) Even as an adult, I just had some. And before I got a cat and they died, they were Abu and Raja. (laughs) You couldn't have added to that and gone like Abu the second, Abu the third. Just, no, just... I, it was like it had to be. And if it was like if I didn't do Aladdin, Jasmine, Abu, or Raja, I think I had an Iago once, and it was like this giant bullfrog that we found in the backyard. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, my top five. Um, number five is Winnie the Pooh. Um, we used to watch this all the time when we were kids. Uh, my dad used to sing Pooh Corner to us to put us to sleep. Um, so it's like one of my fondest memories of a kid is watching that over and over again um, with the family. Um, you guys are going to be so thrown off by my list, I promise you. Number four, uh, and I don't know if a lot of people have seen this one. I remember watching it a couple times with dad, but uh, Black Cauldron was one of my favorite Ooh. like old school animated Disney movies just because it was like that classic, you know what I mean, adventure story where the kids have to go out and fight against the evils of the world. And I thought it was pretty fantastic. Uh, Zane, my number three 
Tarzan. Yes. It had to be, man. Like the whole him surfing through the vines on the forest. Right. It was the coolest thing. Oh my gosh. You see, Zane, listen, you're one of my top six infinity bros, but you can't tell anyone. (laughs) Uh, Number two as well is Lion King. Yes. Um, Wow. (laughs) Man, that like still to this day, I can watch that movie over and over again. And like, obviously we all know the plot and it's like, just what if what if Africa had Hamlet? Yeah, but it's so good. Like the original one, I haven't seen the the I guess pseudo live action remake, but the original cartoon animated Lion King is one of the all time best movies. Um, number one, and this is again pretty off the wall. I don't know if a lot of people watch this movie, but the Sword in the Stone. Um, I love the whole King Arthur, Merlin, and I think this was such an interesting and different take on it. Um, I remember watching this all the time with my dad and like, again, very good memories that are attached to that. So that is my top five golden age Disney movies. I like you it. Guys I like such, it. Such a great list. Well, Hey, listen, um, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in with us this week. Uh, Zane, thank you so much for being on tonight. I'm glad Absolutely. you finally have a computer because right. it, if you didn't have a computer, I don't know how this would have worked. You can't just <laughs> drive all the way to Montana to record with me. So um, great to hear your voice this week. I loved your opinions. Um, and our special guest, Callie, thank you so much for taking yes. time out of your busy schedule. I know you have a lot going on. Um, you have, you're taking care of a brand new baby boy who is awesome and so uh thank you for making time out of your day to come hang out with us and um hopefully we'll have you on again uh soon if not maybe the very next episode i'm gonna put max on the spot if he doesn't bring you back heck yeah. <laughs> heck yeah and to you the listeners uh thank you so much for tuning in uh if you haven't go back and listen to some of our previous episodes check us out on uh facebook on twitter check out our twitch live streams uh and we recently set up a discord server if you don't know how to get in touch with us um go check out our facebook and twitter we have the links there uh and thank you so much infinity bros uh we'll see you next week Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>